0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I want to tell you guys a a one-sentence testimony. You guys want to hear a one-sentence testimony? God set me free... From addiction to pornography and lust. Come on. Come on! That's amazing. That's amazing. And and it really the, the the primary breakthrough actually happened in 2004, but but he's given me greater levels of breakthrough even after that. But that's amazing. And let me just say that. Our world and the church, I don't mean just overflow, I just mean in general, is riddled with, with bondage to, to pornography and lust. And, and I want to say this, it's not just um, stop looking at pornography, because you can stop looking at pornography and claim a victory and still be paying extra special attention to undergarment commercials or people walking by you, and you're, you're making sure nobody's looking, but you're you're taking that thing in. You know what I'm saying? And uh, when, when God sets people free, he does it down to the core. Like, he doesn't want to just do a partial job. He doesn't just want to nip the, the, the outward fruit off. He wants to kill it at the very root of it. Amen? And, and when I, I mean, I grew up in the church. I grew up a, a fully dedicated Christian, a lover of Jesus. Um, I, I grew up just laid down to the Lord. I, I, since I was 15 years old, I said, yes, God, I'm going to lay my life down to you all the way. And, and so I, I've, I've, I've lived from that kind of a life. But, um, but I can tell you, just being completely honest that, um, that I, was, I did have struggles with lust, and, and I, I found that it came in cyclical patterns. Some people are looking at me a little awkward. Don't worry, I'm not going to call you out <laughs> in front of everybody, all right? <laughs> but, but I want to be, be vulnerable with you about this because it's a real problem, okay? I, I, I went through these cycles, and, and the cycle would look like this. I, I, was, I was confident and free in my, in my relationship with Jesus, feeling great about myself because I'm, I'm all in with the Lord and enjoying God's presence, ministering with boldness and confidence to people, carrying my head high because I'm doing well. And, and, uh, and I felt like I was not, not kind of in an arrogant way, but kind of super spiritual because my life was just all about the kingdom, all right? Pretty awesome till the next part of the cycle hits. Where when I when I least expect that this would happen, that I would I would stumble. Rarely was I ever seeking to find it. But how many of you know that the devil wants to do everything he can to get it to find you? Right? And so so usually when this would happen, it would be because I I probably was a little overconfident in my, in my zeal for the Lord, in my freedom and how I'm doing, a little overconfident. Um, I, I would ignorantly, not intentionally, let my guard down. And, and, and maybe because I'm doing so good, I didn't need to work so hard because I, all is well. And then before I know it, um, I, I, would, I would find myself careless, and, and even doing innocent things, but, but, but with the guard down, I, I didn't renounce the thought that tried to get into my mind, and, and it usually would happen in a time when I was feeling super vulnerable, or weak, or, or isolated. Isolated or not encouraged by people and I needed the encouragement, whatever it would be where I'm feeling not quite as confident with myself and I'm, and I'm put in an in a environmental kind of a situation where that stuff might happen to show up that I probably, maybe I could have avoided, but it wasn't bad in and of itself. And so, you know, the enemy tries to just toss into your mind. Here's a little thought. Oh, no, I'm good. I don't need. Oh, here's another one. No, I'm good. But then after a few of them, it's like, whoa, mm, that, that actually seems kind of appealing. Maybe I am interested. Mm, after a while, he starts working. Oh, but you know how, how lonely you're feeling right now, don't you? You know, you know how you're doing. Um, you kind of, maybe you could use a little quick fix to make you feel a little better. All right? Everybody all right? It got cry- really quiet in here. <laughs> So, so usually it was not intentionally seeking it, but, but it would come through uh, probably a vulnerable moment, and, and I'd let my guards down because of overconfidence, and then one thing leads to another. And then, you know, full-blown, just looking, and then you're looking, and then you're looking, until you just feel so horrible about it. After the high subsides and then it subsides low enough to where I find myself in a big heap of shame i just sinned i wasn't thinking about sin when i was doing it i was thinking about the quick fix but i just sinned oh man and and then and then shame sets in and i know i'm not going to stay in the sin because i i don't like that i did it it's not who it's not who i want to be it's, this is not the kind of a lifestyle I want to have but but I feel ashamed about it I know I'm about to repent to the Lord but but I just feel horrible I feel like a dump cake all right you're allowed to laugh please lighten it a little bit (laughs) start I start feeling heavy feelings of unworthiness unworthiness I just really let God down God probably doesn't really like me a whole lot right now i know for sure i don't like me right now i just failed i'm a failure okay so shame i'm a i'm a sinner i just sinned i'm a sinner I, i i have lust problems i need to be set free I'd, I'd even feel, these, I don't know if you guys have ever felt this, if anybody finds out what I did, whew, that's going to take my shame to a whole nother level. If I, can just, if I can just carry my shame privately, I can maybe manage my own shame, but when it gets out to others, like that's it, that just will wreck my life. And, and, and nobody will trust me that, that I actually love Jesus and have a calling, and, and I'll be known as a pervert. Okay. There's a little bit of a difference right now in two thousand twenty-one, and there was back in two thousand and three and prior, where it's kind of become a little bit more accepted. All right, and, and which is not cool. All right, it's not good. But but uh, but we we actually need to make sure that we recognize the sinfulness of sin. Okay, we we can't. We can't gloss it over. We can't just say, well, God is a God of grace, and I'm okay. All right? That's not, that's not all right. All right? So um, the next part of the cycle, after feeling lots of shame, is, is repentance and seeking forgiveness. And, and so I would, I would ardently seek the Lord and beg him to forgive me and and I would pray and pray and pray and confess and confess and confess and and I even one time built an altar by a creek made out of stones just so I could have a, a physical place that kind of was like old covenant <laughs> approaches to God but it, I wanted to go as far as I could to prove to the Lord that I'm sorry Sometimes crying out to him for days. Okay? And, and then and then I would, I would enter into the next phase of self-punishment because I'm sure that God wants to, and so I probably should just assist him with this. So <laughs> I started experiencing distance from God. I'm not worthy to stand in his presence, so I, I need to pull back and I need to... I, I need to experience uh, a season of, of getting myself back in order so that I can come into His presence again. And so I, I would, I'd pull back from serving, I'd pull back from being a witness to people for a while. I would probably was hanging in my head. I definitely wasn't looking into God's face because I was ashamed. And people sometimes could even tell that I was withdrawn, and they would ask me if everything's okay, but no way am I telling them. No way. Because then I'd be considered a pervert. So I'd give myself a period of regaining some time of purity. I, I would give myself a, a, a period of time where I'd, I'd be like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But how many of you know it's easy to not do it when you feel ashamed of it? It's harder to not do it when everything seems to be going fine. So it, it was kind of like self-motivated, um, re, like stopping it. it, it I, was, I was trying to prove myself to me and to God that I can refrain from this because I want to. I want to. But, but, but I... It was was actually reactionary to pain I was feeling. It wasn't just enough motivation to carry me through past that pain. Does that make sense? You guys all right? I'm sure everything I'm saying is 100% foreign to every single person in here. (laughs) Or not! (laughs) I felt a false sense of freedom. After I I hadn't looked at porn or, sorry, I I don't know if this is uh, awkward for anybody, but it's a real thing, you know, the things that people do, but after doing doing that stuff, after having a period of time and not doing it, I I started feeling a, a sense of freedom, again, because it's been a while, and the amount of time it's been is what was proving to me that I'm good, the longer it's been, the better I am, the longer it is, the more I start feeling a little bit more worthy to come into God's presence, because God's, Obviously, isn't he looking at his clock to see, has it been long enough? You, you know, you were good to come stand boldly before me in my throne room when when you didn't have that in your past, but but when he did, you guys stay out there in the outer courts for it. We'll, we'll see how long it takes. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if, you, if, if you've created enough distance between you and me to make yourself worthy enough come stand before me again these are the thoughts how many of you know that's not God's thoughts though that was my thoughts all right and and, and guess what the, in that sense of freedom because it's been a while I, I, I actually wasn't getting free even though I thought I was I was not as false freedom uh, I was just able to avoid the sin for a while okay But as long as the roots still exist, the fruit will spring forth sometime in some way. And it may not even look like the last time it sprung forth. But if it's there where you don't see it, it will be seen sometime. Can I get a big amen? amen? All right? I had a false sense of victory that was motivated by lingering shame. All right? But after I served my time for a while, my my self sentence from the from the courts of the holies, I, I started finding confidence in myself again. Ooh, it's been a while. I'm doing good. Ooh, yeah. That's not. That's not part of my life anymore. It's been too long. I'm I'm good. I'm a strong Christian. I'm super spiritual. I can enjoy God's presence again, and I can walk with confidence. I can be a witness for Christ again because my sin, it's been long enough ago that it's not actually tarnishing my witness anymore. I could start lifting my head high again. I could eventually look back in his face again, but uh, guess what? How many of you guys know that the cycle it, it just it found its way back again? Eventually, get overconfident, let my guard down, finding myself in a, in a moment, in a season subconsciously that I'm feeling vulnerable again. I'm feeling weak again. My, my confidence has gone low, even though I was doing all the things that keep it looking good. And then the devil. Does the thing all over again. He's patient, guys. He'll, he can wait through the cycle until the next time that, that we put our guard down. Toss in those seeds again. I want to tell you something. Do you think that the cycle that I was in is a cycle that was led by the Holy Spirit? Do you think that was God's journey for me? <laughs> no way. No way. No way. But I eventually found my freedom. I eventually found freedom. Hallelujah. I'm talking about freedom. I'm not talking about that that segment of the cycle that looked like freedom, but it was false freedom. The cycle broke because God broke the chains of lust off my life. Come on. That's amazing. Jesus Christ. The one who breaks the chains came and he broke the chains. Come on. And there was a lot of things that were involved in the process that got me to that place. All right? But there was only one thing that actually brought the transformation that shifted me out of that being my lot in life. Guess what? It's not my lot in life anymore. There, there, there are the beliefs that, that lust is every man's battle. And I want to declare over you right now that it does not have to be every man's battle. It can literally be broken out of somebody's life. And never have a, a hold again. Doesn't mean that we don't have to, have to carry ourselves in certain ways and walk rightly to avoid temptations again, but we can be completely and utterly set free from any chain or bondage that's in our lives. And and I've been saying lust because that was my thing, but what about depression? What about eating habits? What about all the different things that people do that they keep struggling back with? Does it have to stay a cycle, or can Jesus come and set somebody free until they're free indeed? Jesus is not a liar, and he's not a joker, and he's not a halfway, I'm going to show up halfway like a lot of us Christians do with him. I just tossed that one out there, sorry. So the one thing that actually brought me true transformation, let me tell you what it was not first. It was not behavior modification. I wasn't able to behave my way out of bondage all right? It was not a strong enough willpower. I wasn't able to want it bad enough to get out of it, although you do need to want to get out of it in order for it to happen, all right? And by the way, there is a need for behavior modification, but that's not the solution. That's just part of the journey, all right? It was not a 12-step program. No problem with those things. Some people need them It was not putting on porn blockers on the computer. Those are important. I'm not dogging any of this stuff. We got to do things to help set ourselves up for success. It wasn't those things, they're all crucial pieces of it. And I've been able to walk some men into complete freedom from from addictions to lust and pornography by, by taking them into the kingdom keys to these things. And part of it does have to do with structures that we put in our lives, but the structures are not the solution. Yep. They just help create an environment for us to get the solution to actually take full effect in our lives. Yep. Yep. So porn blockers are not the magic bullet, but, the, but they might be needed, all right? Yep. You guys hear me? Yep. This, this, this sermon is not about Lust. And it's not going to be about breaking sin cycles, but I sure hope that's going to be a byproduct of it. Okay? We're, we're We're not trying to be problems focused. We want to be solutions focused. And if we just focus on what we're trying to overcome all the time, we're going to stay connected to that thing. But when we find what the solutions are, It's actually going to pull us out from the thing that kept us in the pit, lift us up, and set us free. I would rather focus on freedom than on the thing I'm trying to get free from. Amen? And so, I want to talk to you about one of the secrets, which is really not a secret because God's like, give this to everybody. It's not really a secret, but we like to use that word because it sounds cool. So It's a secret to victorious and supernatural lifestyle. Please turn your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 1. I believe that if people grab a hold of the message that I'm giving you today, that there will be freedom like you've never known before. But it's, it's, it, the, there is freedom packaged in this. It's ready to be delivered, but it's your call on how you grab a hold of this. Yeah. Okay? 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start with verse 2. Grace ha, and peace, hallelujah, be multiplied to you. Grace, peace, grace, peace. That's God's gift to you, okay? You don't don't deserve it. (laughs) Sorry to say. I don't either, though. But it's a free gift. It's to you, right? Grace and peace be multiplied to you. You already have grace and peace. He wants to multiply it in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. It's not through religion. It's not through trying hard enough. It's in the knowledge of God. It's the relationship with Him and knowing who He is. The more you know Him, the more grace and peace be multiplied to you. As His divine power, everybody say dunamis power. power. It's God's dunamis power. It's the the power that created the heavens and the earth. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The power that, that empowered the disciples after they got the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they walked this earth and turned it upside down dunamis power it says it says his divine power has given to us all right that same power the creation power the resurrection power the turn the world upside down kind of power is given to you come on how how much do you believe that though seriously like we should do, we should do pulse checks every once in a while. Am I really believing this? Am I am I engaging and letting it become my life, or are we are we just trying to do our Christian life passively? All right. By the way, I'm calling us higher, guys. Calling us higher. I, I want us to go farther than where than where. Nominal Christianity will take us. We want to engage with a with a kingdom that transforms every place that its footprint hits. Amen. But it takes a certain kind of a lifestyle for that. Yeah. Takes one that's fully engaged with what God's doing, what He's what He's saying, and believing it and breathing it and living it. I didn't move from here, from California, to come here and do just do just to do church. All right, I didn't come here just to just so we can try to collect people and us just do Christianity. We came here so we can see things change and transform heaven on earth. And you guys are in this with us, but we got to do it. We got to live it. We have to fully engage this. All right, so we got to embrace. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things. Everybody say, all things. All things. His divine, everybody say, divine power, divine power. given to me, given to me. For, all for all things. All right, he's given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everybody say, God's given me all I need to live his life on this earth. God's given, me all I need to be godly. God's given me all I need to be godly. I think that we probably could change that word godliness and and interpret that as godlikeness. Godlikeness. god-likeness. God's given us the, the, by His divine power. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godlikeness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Through the knowledge of him. Oh, there's the knowledge again. Oh, man. That's the, that's the giving your life to knowing the Lord. I want to know you. I need to know you. I, I need to know you more than everything else that makes my life function every day. I need to know you. If we we know him, the more we know him, the more this stuff gets accessed in our lives. The more you know him, the more that divine dunamis, creative power flows into you and gives you more. More to live godly. More to live abundant life. The fullness of everything that God has promised to put into your life. Increasing your knowing of the Lord increases the virtues that flow from heaven into our lives come on all right through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given us exceedingly great and precious promises god has given you promises that are greater than anything you've ever comprehended greater than anything you've ever experienced yet You've experienced some of it, hallelujah, but there's more, there's more. Don't get satisfied, don't get settled with what you got because there's more and God's waiting for us to press in and grab the more, all right? He wants to bring the more to us, the precious promises. I would say that God's got a specific promise of destiny for each person in here and so packaged in that is god's plans for you to step into something way more glorified than you've ever seen yet but he also has given us precious promises in his word and and everything that he's spoken to us in the bible please make sure you're reading this thing it's a life source there's it's loaded with promise of everything that God wants to combust into your life. And the more we understand these things, the more we can engage with these things and, and let it bear fruit in our lives and we can enter into a whole realm that's beyond this thing that we're trying to do on our own strength. So his divine power... Sorry. By which is given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, guys, that through these promises as we engage with everything that God has dreamed for us, we enter into God's dreams for our lives, that that through these things we may be partakers of the divine nature. That we may be partakers of the divine nature. You want to know the key to all freedom? You want to know the key to living everything that God has ever wanted to see in our lives as His children? It's for us to become partakers of a divine nature. And this message is actually called Partake of Your New Nature. Partake of your new nature. Alright? We become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Hallelujah! If somebody struggles with the lust that's in this world, how do you, how do you escape that corruption? You partake of the divine nature come on there's so much christianity that's trying to do a good job of being good christians to put god's face at a smile on our own strength and abilities (laughs) trying to measure up to a, a heaven's standard by earth's abilities I could just stand silent for a moment and hope that you'll just let that sink in for a moment, because because a lot of our our Christianity is is self-propelled, and God's calling us into a Christianity that is uh, that is absorbed by Jesus Christ and His glory in us. Amen? Amen. You guys, all right? God has called us to a life that is superior to, the, to what we can actually live by human nature. I say that one more time. God has called us to a life that is superior to what we can actually live according to human nature. Because a human nature, Christianity, is just religion. And it's never what God dreamed of. What God dreamed of was not getting you to do all the stuff and exhaust yourself doing it but keep trying. When you cycle, try to cycle yourself back to that place. What God dreamed of for Christianity is to inve- to to impart himself into you and to live himself through you. (laughs) Sometimes I just have to pause and try to discern the room. Am I boring you or are you letting it sink in? You're like, I'm I'm getting this, but I just got to process it. It's hard to tell sometimes, so I'm trying to learn this. I want to flip back. I, I, I preached out of this recently, but I want to just take it a, a little deeper right now. Romans ch- chapter 6, please. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read verse 4 through 9. It says, Therefore, we were buried with him, with Jesus, through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And I'm going to pause. I'll pick that back up in a minute. Galatians two twenty says, "I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live; it's Christ who lives in me. The, lef- the life I live in this this flesh, this thing that you're looking at, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me." All right. So, Jesus, uh, my, my old, my old sinful nature, the the nature that couldn't help but to sin and no matter how hard i tried it if i if i get myself pulled back together it's like that nature just keeps finding its way back in there it, it always gravitates back to the things that, that keep us in bondage it's old, old sinful nature but guess what i've been crucified with jesus I've been united with him in his death. That means that I, that my old man actually came into Jesus, and my spirit then became fused together into union with Jesus on the cross, shedding off the old nature, the old creature that I was, dying, dying. It's gone. But but I've been raised with him. Because it says that we are united together in the likeness of his death. We also shall be united together in his resurrection. All right? And I preached on this recently. Moving on here, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man, that's that old sinner that I was, was crucified with Jesus. Come on. That's amazing. When Jesus died on the cross and you gave your life to Him, He didn't just take away your sins and forgive you. He actually took away your old sinful nature and the very source that sin sprung forth from went to the cross and died with Him. So now there's no more the source for sin to live anymore. It died. The nature of the sinf- the sinfulness actually was crucified. There's no more source of it any longer come on the old man was crucified with them; that the body of sin that's what we're talking about might be done away with and that really means to render powerless and to be destroyed it's done it's already happened it's already happened you gave your life to jesus and jesus put his life in you the old man died You've already died, okay, that you, should, that you should be no longer slaves to that any longer. Guess what? When people think, I'm a Christian, but I, I, I keep struggling with whatever this thing is. For me, it was porn or, or lust. I keep, I'm gonna, and there's this mentality that I think this is just going to be my, uh, my lot. <laughs> this is my vice. I've heard people say this is my vice. Really, that's what you believe? Because right here in Romans six six, it says you you don't have to be a slave to sin any longer. He he actually killed the vice. He killed the vice. He killed the thing that used to be the lot of life for you. It's dead. The nature that caused you to keep cycling it back, it died. It died. It died, it's dead. Come on. It's dead. For he who who has died has been freed from sin. It doesn't say if you're a Christian, you're gonna keep struggling through sin, but God's gonna, he's gonna forgive you along the way and, and and he'll keep looking away from the thing you did. No, it says, it says, He who has died has been freed from sin. Freed from sin. And it's not saying that there's a new covenant grace that God's going to love you no matter what. And, you know, you can keep struggling. God's going to keep loving you. He is going to always love you no matter what you did. But that does not take away the sinfulness of the sin. All right. But God wants to set us free fully. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. I'm going to just stop right there and just say this. I've already said it thoroughly. You've died to it, all right? But, but, but we don't want to just focus on that you died to it because the greater thing than just that you died to it, because we don't want to focus on the problem. we got to focus on the solution, we got to focus on not, not getting away from the bad, but launching far into the good. Because you didn't just die to that stuff, but you actually were born again, given a new nature. All of the things passed away. You were born again. You were born of the Spirit. You were launched into this earth through the birth canal of the tomb. You are resurrected with Jesus, shedding uh, off the old. Being separated, set apart, free from the, the corruption of this world and all its lusts. Broken off, it's not even attached any longer. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And He came to set the captives free. He didn't just come so that we can acknowledge that I have sin problems. He came so he could forgive it and then break it and crush it and then lift us up out of that into victorious, powerful, supernatural lives. I don't want to just be a, I've crucified my flesh, Christian. I want to be, I've been resurrected with Jesus Christ, Christian. Feel so flowing through my bones right now, yeah. and the devil will try to make you think that you still have the old nature. Doesn't mean that he didn't kill it. Just because the devil tries to make you think that, or or your your beliefs. I I, I believe my my condition. More than I believe what God says is my truth. Well, guess what? We we behave according to who we believe that we are. I used to think that I had lust problems and as much as I didn't want them, but I, that's, who I, that's what I believed I was. A person who struggles with lust. And guess what? I would fight my way around it until the cycle came back around. And then there I am again. Right back in the same place all over again. Why? I, I believed that I was a person who struggles with lust. As long as I believe I'm a person who struggles with lust, I'm going to struggle with lust. Alright? P- people people say I'm a I'm a sinner saved by grace. Okay. That's a that's a half experience with God right there. That's a maybe not even half. That's just a that's a starter kit. Like you you need to get past that one. Sinner saved by grace? Are you serious? If you if you believe you're a sinner saved by grace, you're going to sin by faith. You <laughs> because you believe that's who you are and you're going to function out of who you believe that you are. I'm a porn addict. Really? I thought you were a born-again son of the most high God. A, oh really well, man, you're probably gonna you'll probably struggle with it more as long as you believe that. What if I change what I believe who I am? Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. That's true in the world. It's not true in the kingdom. an alcoholic can get set free, utterly free, and never be an alcoholic again. If, a, if an alcoholic who, who gets utterly free, yeah, there's going to be a journey. I, I am not taking away the journey. It is so important. But when we can shift our belief about who we are, and we start discovering, I don't want to just focus on who I'm not anymore. I need to launch into who am I? Who am I? I'll tell you who I am. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. I was born again a son of the Most High God. A son of the Most High God. And, and he put—he he didn't just give me the blood of Jesus to cleanse my sin. He gave me the blood of Jesus to actually release his chromosomes into my spirit. DNA. DNA. I'm not just a son of God by... You know, I'm not, it's not just a nice Christian thing to say. Like God looks at me and he sees, this is my beloved son and I'm so pleased with him. He says that to you. You're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. I'm so pleased with you. He knows who you are way more than you do. and we don't part part of that starter kit Christianity is i'm a son of god <laughs> and and we just kind of leave it at that well what if i'm a son of god and i have god's nature in me and i can actually that I can i can know that that is my source of life to live from i shift away from believing that my source causes me to do those things no My source is, I'm coming forth from the very heart of my Father. And His nature is holy. His nature is righteous. His nature is purity. His nature is love. His nature is victory over all things. Come on. When I can enter into that truth, that reality, and I can, I can start living from that place, and, and then, then I can start knowing that's who I am. When, because we behave according to who we believe that we are. The more I know who I am and the nature that he's put in me that I can live forth from, the more I believe that, the more my behaviors and my experiences and my breakthroughs are going to start falling into place. Everybody, all right. So the devil will try to tell us these things, and and uh, you know what, st- sometimes we still have behaviors that don't look like the image of God, right? What do we do with that? That, that makes me think that I still have sin in me. Right? That makes me feel like I I still have my problems. Oh, oh. So you're gonna you're gonna choose to believe that what you just did is who you are, instead of likening yourself reckoning yourself that you have died with Jesus and you've resurrected with Christ. When I when I when I believe who I am based on what I did then I'm 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 lowering myself so low to to this mere human ability realm. But God has dreamed of children who have a divine nature. He, he actually he actually has put everything within you. He's given you the divine power for all things of life and godliness. Amen. He put all of it in you, and the more you know it, because it says that we get it through the knowledge of Him, right? The more you know it, so it's all about what we're believing. What we're believing. You can continue to believe that your your patterns are who you are, or you can shift away and believe him, you can know him and and receive all that he has. He's filled you with divine power, the creative power, the victorious power of God from heaven to earth, the the kind of power that if anything gets in its way, it crashes through and it accomplishes everything it set out to do. That power is for you. In your knowledge of Christ, it gives you all things for life. That the, I'm talking about the life that He dreamed. I'm not just talking about living every day, and God likeness. Entering into, partaking of the divine nature, like God's dream for Christians is not do well right here. It's let me let me crush the limit that you thought that that's who you are that you have to do this from. Let's just. Let's just kill that whole thing. I want to give birth and bring you way up here. What there's no limits. Did you know that God when he looks at you what he sees is, is he sees he sees himself in you first? He sees a he sees a, a, a child of his own divine nature. He sees a person that, the, that your spirit ha, is, is, is one with Jesus. And he looks in you and he sees. He sees you in your, in your beauty and, and the way that he uniquely fashioned you because he, he formed you in your mother's womb. He, he created you. He crafted you. His thoughts are many towards you. But, but he sees you uniquely but fused in union with Jesus. And the, can you just imagine how powerful Jesus is? Like everything that, he, that we saw him do on earth was actually a very compressed, limited version of someone who laid his deity down on, on his own accord to come and be a human. But Jesus fully freed from, from the limitations of an earthly body. That Jesus lives inside of you. And God sees you as his child, a person who he, he gave birth to you. And you have his nature. He sees a person who hasn't even come close to tapping what what the life really is supposed to look like yet. There's more. I would never say that any of us are deity. But guess what? Your father is deity. (laughs) And he's released into you his own spirit. And when he looks at you, he doesn't see a a, a good Christian, just a, a good average Christian. Who's trying to make it, and he's pleased because you're trying hard. It's not that is not what he's looking at. He sees. He sees a superhuman. A superhuman. He sees a supernatural. Being. And each one of you, he sees someone who has the capacity, if you could just get to that place of believing it, it's a, procre- it's a, it's a progressive revelation, and the more you know, the more it flows to you, right? So it's going to increase according to your knowing. But, he, but he, he sees you as someone that has the capacity to be a walking, breathing, like, like, like Jesus on this earth. Come on. God's belief in you is way bigger, way bigger than you than yours than mine. There's no need to struggle. There's no need to go through the cycles. There's no need the, 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 the cycle can get broken. It's not going to happen through human effort, although you do need to partner with him through your human effort, but it's going to be by the divine power. It's going to be by engaging with your divine nature in Christ. When you know the power that's in you, there is nothing that can stop you ever again.